Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. During the commercial break, I got a phone call from a friend of mine, Ron Fox, a historian. Also someone involved in uh, Republican politics for years and years. Uh, an advanced man was his title. He's been a guest on this program a number of times. And he uh, reminded me that the, the examples that we are sharing here on the program today of discoveries uh, unintended discoveries of fascinating glimpses of the past. Uh, what we're sharing here today is only scratching the surface. There are uh, countless examples of of history being unearthed and windows into the past being opened in the most unexpected ways. And uh, you know, to to take a a walk down the rabbit holes of the internet and discover some of these and be reminded of them or learn of them for the first time uh, was a real fulfilling uh, little experiment for me here this morning. And I want to share with you just some of them. We heard, uh, obviously, about the discovery of some old pottery and intact bottles and other items uh, at a UTA build site where they are doing some construction, uh, big deconstruction, discovered these uh, artifacts. It's expected, or it's, 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 it's speculated, rather, that what was discovered here at the UTA site was uh, essentially a trash heap, that there were some, uh, some passenger cars which were occasionally repaired on this site years ago, and that uh, you know maybe the workers just kind of swept all the garbage there into a pile. And while at the time it was garbage, today what it gives us is a glimpse as to the way that life was lived uh, way back when. And now that might say to some, well, then what's the, what's the problem with littering? That's their litter. So if we just litter, we're getting... No, stop. It's not that way. <laughs> uh, it's not that way at all. Uh, we also looked at an example of a passenger car, a cargo ship, rather, uh, being discovered uh, on the World Trade Center site, specifically in July of 2010 during the construction of the Freedom Tower, a cargo ship dating back to 1773, was discovered. And the way they were able to date it is that the type of tree and the age of the tree uh, used for used to you know get the wood to build that ship was the same as the type of tree and the age of the tree used to build uh, Philadelphia's Independence Hall. Imagine being able to use something like that as a reference point. Just absolutely uh, astounding. I want to share a few more examples here before we take a look at the, uh, the history of of the polio vaccine and how it compares uh, to today's timeline uh, surrounding the the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, Some mammoth bones. Here we go. Uh, Mammoth bones during a drainage 
uh, system installation in Michigan, uh, there were mammoth bones once accidentally brought to the surface. Here's an explanation of that discovery. A Michigan farmer and a team of workers were digging to put in a drainage system when they hit something hard. They reported it to the University of Michigan's paleontology division to figure out what it was. They came over and uncovered about 20% of the skeleton, the entire skull and two tusks, along with some vertebrae, ribs, and both shoulder blades. Mammoth bones have also been discovered in Seattle and Los Angeles during construction uh, of metro lines in both those cities, some of them believed to be over 60,000 years old. Here's one uh, discovered in Serbia, a bomb from World War II. Construction was going on when they did indeed discover a bomb. But not just a regular explosive device like a grenade. They found a one-ton bomb that the Germans had apparently dropped there in World War II. And it was still active. Thankfully, cooler heads and even calmer hands prevailed. They were able to move the bomb to a secure military site far away from the public and detonated the bomb safely. The Prime Minister of Serbia noted that if the bomb had gone off during the construction process, it would have wiped out the entire area. All right, so there's just a quick look at a few examples of things that have been discovered uh, unintentionally, uh, but I assure you that there are countless more. And if you find yourself uh, maybe battling the insomnia, scrolling through your phone uh, late at night, uh, take the opportunity to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) There's some fun stuff uh, to be discovered. Now, let's turn the page and look at another uh, chunk of history. Yesterday, as the program wrapped up, producer Amy and I were going back and forth about some of the fascinating uh, developments in the COVID-19 vaccine and how we will you know, someday in the future look back on, on the timeline with awe and that researchers and those who are engaged in the you know, development of vaccines will uh, you know, learn much from what is being uh, created here today. I thought it was a singular event. And then uh, Amy started digging around, looking at uh, some newspapers uh, here in the state of Utah from years and years ago, specifically 1955. And for students of history, uh, in particular epidemiologists uh, and virologists and those who work with vaccines, you know that 1955 was the year that the polio vaccine uh, was first made available and distributed. And there's a fascinating article talking about the first days, the first initial days of the distribution of the polio vaccine in the Bingham Bulletin. Yeah, the Bingham Bulletin. This, uh, from 1955, it reads, The biggest story in the country today revolves around the distribution of the Salk vaccine for polio. Um, Males of uh, congressmen and senators on Capitol Hill are crammed with inquiries and with criticism of the government handling and lack of handling of all this important vaccine. Did any of this sound familiar already? Which may mean the difference between life and death for countless children as well as adults. Newspapers, radio, and television stations continue to give the results of inoculations daily and will continue to do so for weeks to come. Some states have deferred inoculation of children awaiting some word from some authority because the production of the vaccine is one commercial laboratory or possibly more than one uh, has been faulty. So uh, there's just some confusion there over, uh, you know, what is safe and what wasn't. Ultimately, obviously, it all turned out to be uh, plenty safe. But uh, the, the coverage of the rollout and the distribution of the vaccine for polio, uh, absolutely fascinating. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember just the other day? The headline here was that the first order uh, had been placed for the COVID-19 vaccine. Let's look now to the Roosevelt Standard, 1955 
uh, April 14th. The headline reads, Polio vaccine for local area has been ordered. This is absolutely history repeating itself. We went through this uh, in 1955. We went through this certainly uh, during the Spanish flu days of uh, early last century. Uh, And it's just a remarkable thing to see uh, that it's really just history repeating itself. Uh, Anton B. Christensen, Duchesne County Infantile Paralysis Chairman, announced today that the Salk vaccine for polio had been ordered by Faye Pope county health nurse for Duchesne County and would soon be available for polio for the polio shots. The announcement was made uh, when the vaccine uh, arrives. The shot will be given uh, the first and second graders at the minimum cost of 15 cents. Shots for other children will be given by appointment with local physicians at a regular fee when the vaccine is available. That you heard youngsters being the first to receive the polio vaccine. That ended up being the case. Um, uh, it was kind of the reverse of what we are experiencing uh, here today in the United States as we battle the the coronavirus because uh, it has to do with the way FDA does the testing now. FDA, as you know, starts by testing adults 18 and over. And it is is that candidate vaccine which has been tested on adults, which is now, at least from Pfizer, uh, BioNTech, and Moderna, which is seeking approval from the, the FDA. And the next step will then be for the results of studies on more uh, young people to be presented to the FDA. It, uh, it was different in the polio days. Uh, this from the Vernal Express in April of 1955. Polio vaccination of first and second graders in Uinta County can now go ahead with the announcement Tuesday that last year's tests have produced favorable results. A joint city and county program, the 667 eligible children will receive the first of a three-shot series on April 20th, if the vaccine has arrived. The inoculations will be under the direction of Ray E. Spendlove, county physician, and Dr. Herb Fowler, city physician, and will be given in the schools without charge. Now, after that, after that, the... Those who were on the receiving end of the vaccine uh, came as, you know, their age increased. So as you and I right now are seeing that the the oldest and most vulnerable members of the community will be the recipients of the uh, COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, Back then in 55, when it was polio we were fighting, it started with the children. In fact, it was big news uh, in 1956, a year later, a year after those first uh, vaccines were available for the first and second graders. uh, The Roosevelt Standard reports that people up to 20 can receive polio vaccine. Imagine that. Imagine this whole thing flip-flopped. Anyway, uh, thanks for going on that little walk with me through uh, memory lane and down into the newspaper archives. Uh, I get a kick out of it. Uh, if, there is a, if there's a story from the past you'd like me to, to research and dig up some old newspapers, I have some unique resources. Uh, if there's something from years ago you'd like me to dig into, 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. 57500, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Text line. Every once in a while we'll do this. We'll take a look at what's happened years and years ago as reported in the newspapers because it gives me a kick. Anyway, a uh, quick break. When we return, uh, we're going to get to a story we didn't have time for yesterday. It is uh, former President Barack Obama weighing in on the phrase defund the police. He was not a fan. He made that known and the squad is taking aim. We'll discuss it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. 
and this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.